Welcome to the Strong John Fitness Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you achieve your best body without the BS. We'll cover training, nutrition, basically everything you need for a successful fitness journey, and we'll have some fun along the way. I'm your host, John Vlahoinakos. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, as it holds, I did miss last week's episode, so welcome back from the break <laughs> that I didn't mean to have. Uh, amazing, amazing guest for you guys today. We have Mark Morris, nutrition and strength coach from Saskatoon, a fellow Canadian. It's always nice to have another Canadian on the show. Mark, thanks for taking the time, man. Appreciate you being here. Don, thanks for having me on. I really, really, uh, I appreciate it. I'm excited to chat today. I love everything you got going on, so I'm excited to dig into stuff, especially because we have a lot of similarities we do yeah and it's we've kind of like connected back and forth across social media for a couple of years now i think yeah never had like the chance to like sit down and chat which is yeah. honestly one of the reasons why i like started this podcast is just to mm-hmm. sit down and talk with other amazing coaches and people totally That's for sure fun. actually i remember one of the first times we connected too is over obviously we both share a passion of like loving to help people through nutrition and fitness and all that stuff and i remember connecting after seeing one of your posts that would be as some people consider like, you know, a bit more direct or laying it all out there. And I remember seeing that and being like, just reaching out because this is something that I, you know, teach a lot of students to do and how to use and, and, you know, put themselves out there confidently and stuff. And I was like, Hey, John, I just kind of chat with you about this and kind of your, your take on it because you do it well. And it's something that a lot of people who are passionate about this stuff and want to help others feel bad doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I appreciate that. It's been a journey. It's been a journey for, for sure. Um, so let, let's, let's let the audience get to know you a little bit because we'd love to okay. dig deeper into who is Mark Morris and you can, you can take this however route you want, my man. Cool. I like that. Uh, okay. So grew up playing sports, just like a lot of people. It was like 15, 16, got into lifting weights, realized that, you know, lifting weights can help me with football and hockey and that kind of stuff, but then realized people lift weights competitively Mm. and was like, this is sort of cool. And more or less kind of like put competitive sport aside, I guess team sports aside for the first little bit and just really dug into training at the end of high school and the beginning of university. And I remember I applied to university for, I think the same reason, a lot of, you know, high school kids do is what everyone else was doing it's like what you it's like what you did kind of just following like along the lines which I mean talk about having some like social proof baked into things you don't have to convince kids to go into universities it's kind of like what you do even if it's not what's best for them Mm. um so went to university and applied for a general science program in a few different places uh because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do yet had no idea so I was like yeah let's just keep this like pretty vague at the beginning and see and uh Went to ended up going to Laurier because one of my best friends was and and wanted to the school seemed great wanted the social experience and went there and they put me in the chemistry program mm. and I uh, I showed up and the first year was kind of like similar to what everyone else was doing anyways but I just I just kept doing it um, regardless like I did wasn't really enjoying it it was just something I was doing the people around me were good though so I, I I did it and I remember at that point spending way more time in the weight room and reading like T Nation at the time, trying to get as much information I could about 
how what we eat influences, you know, our athletic performance and body comp and all that kind of stuff. And was just like really digging into that to the point where like my grades were suffering a little bit just because like I wasn't that into it. And I remember it must have been 2006 at the time, John Berardi gave a talk at Western on, I think at the time he was doing like a, a few different, maybe he had like a few books out and maybe a coaching program, but I remember he even like pushing different supplements in terms of surge was the big one at the time, mm-hmm. like just like a, a protein and carb based drink type thing. And I just was like, I had read everything he written and I was like, I'm going to go see him talk. And I remember, I remember thinking during the talk, I got to ask this guy how he's become and done what he's done, because this is exactly what I want to do. Like, this is like in between science and the training and fitness and that kind of thing. I was like, I got to, I got to ask him because, you know, this is exactly what I want to do. And I did not have the balls to ask during the seminar, but some lady did was like, my son's into this stuff. Like what, how do, how do they become you? And I remember him giving an answer that was just like, so unsatisfactory for me. It was like study and read a bunch of stuff and you'll, you know, you can pick any career you want kind of thing. And I was like, this is not, this you doesn't were, satisfy me. You were looking for this, the one and I remember secret. just seeing his credentials and then being, pe- yeah, no, totally. I, well, I was looking for some sort of practical next step, I think, um, that wasn't so like spend the next 10 years of your life reading. Uh, but I just remember seeing his credentials and it being PhD CSCS. And I remember being like, okay, there's something here around understanding the science authority, but also being practical and just more or less went down a path of continuing to lift and go to grad school and focus on human nutrition and ended up getting my PhD in human nutrition. And even through that process, realizing that like, I wanted to work with people and help people that were in the same position that I was much more than I did doing research and evidence-based practice and stuff. And although I use those, you know, those things in my practice, it's, it wasn't who I was. And then just, you know, was like, well, man, like even back then, like 2006, like online coaching wasn't really a thing. People mm-hmm. wrote online and discussed, but no one really, no one really helped you like that. Um, and then just realized like, man, this online coaching thing is like a, an actual career and something that I can do. And it's flexible. And it's kind of also suffices that entrepreneurial bug, entrepreneurial bug I had. So I was like, oh man, that's the thing. And then my kind of my career has taken down that path. And I've been working with individuals and athletes ever since then. That's amazing. So you, you've been online coaching now for 15 years, give or take? A little bit less. I think, I, I think I was trying to help people around me that weren't listening in about 2008. And then I probably in a paid capacity and stuff started around like 2010, uh, right around there. So yeah, like 10, 12 years, I've been going pretty hard. Okay. Yeah, man. Obviously, obviously you got into it because you love to help people, which is which is great because the more coaches I talk to, the more, especially the good ones, this is what we're here for. We're not here to make a quick buck. We're not here to just sell supplements. We're here to actually like help people get through some stuff. What have you found over the last, we'll say last 10 years? Um, totally. What, that's changed in, uh, in the nutrition space and helping people with nutrition space. Well, I think the biggest thing being I think it's, it's becoming more popular and saturated to do this as be it like a a side job or side hustle, um, and even a career as well. It's become a lot more popular. So there's more, there's more competition around people doing these things and in that type of stuff. So that's become much more pronounced 
which I think a lot of times has just also elevated a lot of, a lot of people. I think the biggest, biggest philosophical change I think we see in this space is that like there is evidence-based practice now in terms of people applying some research-based practices and what truly works to what they do. I think when I first started, it was more or less like checklists. There was no real context. It was like, you know, fitness telephone tag where someone would tell something else and like you got you've assembled this like big list of things you need to do kind of thing which is like the exact opposite of coaching right coaching is is pretty much telling people only what they need to do in a certain moment to get to the next level and build habits and achieve a specific result whereas like when i started it was like you got to do all these things and you know follow all these rules and do all that stuff so it's like that's that is that has changed a lot so there's just been like a huge growth um, in terms of the amount of people doing it, but also the way that we're doing it. And I think even one of the coolest things in the health and fitness industry is when I first started um, specifically in powerlifting in like 2007, I remember there being like one female doing it in our like local area. And that's been like, like it's, it's almost 50, 50 now in terms of, um, competitive stuff and in the entire industry it's like man that has been one of the most inspiring things is just much more inclusive and um you know getting getting like females involved specifically because i think if anyone needs to use resistance training and stuff and hear it, a different message about it it's definitely our, our female population so that's been kind of cool too that's yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i mean in the in the general sense of, of fitness and health and you can say the diet industry if you want to as well. Women are the main consumer or women are the target market, target audience. So to have uh, an industry that's 90% male dominated Mm -hmm. marketing towards just women, there's a big disconnect there, right? And and not to say that men can't help women, but I think having a representation of, you know, women coaches helping other women who have been in their shoes, been there, know the bodies, that sort of thing. I think it's, I think it's only improved kind of where we're headed in the industry, especially in the nutrition coaching sense. Yeah. Totally, totally. No, I, I completely agree with that. Like representation on the coaching level, as well as just like, I remember when I first started this stuff, it was very much like cardio machines, females over there, mm. weight room, males kind of thing. And it's not that like people didn't go back and forth, but they rarely did. And that's just crazy because um, I mean, lifting weights and doing enough of it is like the number one thing most individuals need to do if, if they want to, you know, have body comp changes and that kind of thing. So it's just like, it's been a really, really welcome change. And then, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm a better coach for it for sure. I love that. Yeah. And then for your, so for your client roster, do you train predominantly women, men is is very athletes? Um, yeah, I would say for the most part, I mean, as I continue to grow in, you know, like, and learn and become more specialized for a very long time. Um, I was working with primarily powerlifters that would were trying to achieve like you know success in a certain weight cl- weight class. So a lot of my it'd be nutrition based, but also I'd be writing the programming. Um, also at the point where like I was one of the f- few people that could do nutrition programming, game day coaching all in one. So a lot of my coaches, you know, or a lot of my clients were focused on that. But a lot of I would say in a lot of cases, um, masters athletes as well. Um, okay. So 40 plus in those age groups, but both probably both genders. Yeah. yeah. 
have you found, so what, what would some of the major differences be between nutrition coaching for powerlifters and like a gen pop, let's say mother two? Yeah, well, I think some of the, some of the approaches that I use are similar, like, are similar in terms of, um, I do, I do think a tracking based approach is one of the smartest things we can do just because coaching at its, at its core is a results-based business and people come to you for a specific reason. So if we can get closer to the things that help them achieve a specific result, it's good. So I think do objective stuff and use numbers and on both sides, but it's just the lessening of the restrictiveness and maybe some elements of control that would change really from um, a high level athlete that is going to do everything they can to achieve a specific results and leave no stone unturned versus general population is even if we're doing some tracking based stuff, you don't need to be weighing all your food if you don't want to, right? Maybe mm. it's good as an education tool, that kind of thing, but maybe we're doing more guesstimating and just using it as awareness as opposed to the primary thing. I love right. it. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's definitely it because I mean, from experience, I mean, you're a father as well. Um, I've lived it now for five years. I got two of them. Nutrition is, is different now than it was for me when I was powerlifting and you cut for me or just in my early twenties and you just can do whatever I wanted. Like it was a lot easier to just dial it in because I didn't have anything else to really worry about at the time. Um, but for, for parents, for, for mothers, yeah. like they got the whole world on their back on top of trying to do the nutrition thing. So totally. yeah. What, what do you find like in terms yep. of a, approach base for them? Like what, what are they struggling with most and how do you kind of help them kind of overcome that? I think that if we go back to like the number based stuff and, and, and tracking, like to me, especially with the nutrition coaching, we have setting a structure that's going to allow people to, to achieve results. And we can do that by getting a better sense of like what they're eating right now and where they want to go. Right. In terms of um, what's holding them back, be it like, are they constantly in a surplus and they're trying to gain weight, like that kind of stuff. So that, that's the structure that just tells us like what is going on and what needs to happen. It, it says nothing about the actual actions that they're going to take. Right. And I think the biggest thing being we have the structure over here, but we also need the action steps and habits to be able to fill that structure. So like in my practice, I always like to try to use a blend of both in terms of, yes, let's get a bit closer to the numbers here on a daily basis to see what it is, but it's not the end of the world if you're not able to follow it so closely and it's not perfect. Right. I think that's the biggest thing. People are like, I start tracking, this needs to be perfect. Everything's got to be accurate. It's like, no, we're actually trying to be as accurate as we can be in an inaccurate science. So even if we've decided that tracking is the best fit for you, which it is for most people, if they come to it saying, this doesn't need to be too perfect, I'm going to use it as a tool. Mm. Maybe it's not every day of the week, but what a better way, what a good way to learn a bit more about my food and what I need to do set that structure. And then on a weekly basis, like what habits are we using to actually fill that structure would be the biggest thing. And I think there's huge nutrition certification courses around just focusing on those habits. And if you just, just focus on that at times, man, it can be, you can kind of get, you can miss the overall picture in context at times and have less control. So it's like, you kind of got to do a little bit of both. Um, and if you focus too much on one or the other, you miss an important part of the picture is, is kind of my philosophy on this. Love the way I articulated that. Yeah, it's true. I think some people are intimidated by, by tracking their, their food and their numbers They're They think it's too meticulous or they find it tedious. And you know what? I mean, it can be, but 
Yeah. It's important. It's an, it's an important part of the process. Yeah. But again, like you said, if you if you're coming into that ready to be okay with having days that are not perfect, and sometimes you go over, sometimes you're under. Like we don't ask coaches, and I can speak for myself here, but I don't expect perfection. Like the targets yeah. are targets. They're they're not going to be hit on point every day. Yeah. Nor should they, and that's completely fine. That's life. And I think that's one of the biggest mental barriers we have to help clients with is like. They come from a place of, okay, I'm starting this program. I'm going to do everything in my power to be perfect because it's almost like this all or nothing, right? What they face so many times. But in, in a similar situation I have right now with a couple, like they're on vacation. And before they went, I said, look, don't track anything. I don't expect you to track anything. I don't expect you to work out. Just go have fun. Enjoy your vacation. Use the habits we've worked on. Mm-hmm. But like it's vacation. Like enjoy it. That's what it's for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, yeah. I like that- to, especially preparing for events like that. It's like, I was gonna say, especially preparing for events like that and stuff. It's like, if your if your macro factor, my fitness pal, went down one day, like how would you eat, right? Chances are, it probably would look pretty similar to what it looks like when you're tracking, right? Like, why don't we start to work on some of those skills, remove some of those control, like that control, while you've still built up some good habits and maybe achieved a specific result so that we kind of like start to release you back into the wild. And that doesn't mean that you can't revisit tracking or use it again when the scenario, you know, presents itself, be it like a different goal or something like that. Mm. But I mean, just to say, you know, tracking is not going to work for me or anything like that. It's just, I don't know, to me, it's just not using the tool the way that it should be used, which is just an awareness, um, an education tool to get a specific result. And I think a lot of times people will say, well, you need like a PhD in nutrition to track your, you know, what you eat. And it's like, no, I think you actually, I think if you don't have one of those, this is exactly what you should be doing to get a better sense of your food. I yeah. think Nothing, like, nothing's yeah, more eye-opening. Nutrition not to get a sense of reading. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say nothing, nothing's more eye opening than like when they started releasing the calories on the menus at like fast food places. I had clients coming left and right saying I can't believe this sandwich had this many calories and I can't believe this and I'm like, this is why I talk about this so much because one of my clients uh, a few years ago, he went from having like a 600 calorie breakfast sandwich before the right before the gym to having like a 200 calorie just little protein smoothie at home, just because of the awareness of the numbers. So I think it's it's all in how you use it, like any tool. And if you control the tool, you're going to be fine. If you kind of let it control you in a way where you're aiming to be perfect and you're like, you're worrying and stressing about every single meticulous gram of food, then it's going to be a much more difficult journey. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's just trying to set some structure around that and what um, what we can do to, to use a tool and kind of go from there. And I think the biggest thing it just presents is that like, just like your client there with the smoothie versus the breakfast sandwich, it's like, none of this is good or bad. It's just better or worse. And now you have a better idea of, you know, where that is. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And I find even if people aren't perfect with their tracking, which totally. most, most people aren't um, the fact that they're being mindful with their food options and they're in their, we haven't talked about it, but prioritizing protein, like that in itself usually helps kind of bring the numbers to a more normalized range or target. Um, do you find that happens as well when you kind of start that? For sure. Yeah. It just writes the ship around like food quality and also just satiety and that kind of stuff, right? Like people do a much better job of 
managing their overall food levels and making good choices when they got to focus on like high quality protein choices and eating enough of it. It, it does a lot of that stuff. And we don't do that unless, you know, we got a, a basic sense of what you're currently doing and where it needs to go. And, and numbers at times allow us to kind of get that context. I love it, man. What, um, what do you see happening in the, um, in the industry right now? And you can talk nutrition, you can talk strength, you can talk whatever you think, because you've been in the industry now for, for 10, 12 years. What do you kind of see? What issues are you seeing right now with things? Um, well, I, one thing that it's been really, really interesting over the last little bit is um, everyone has different approaches and, and philosophies around this stuff. I found the entire like introduction into intuitive eating and stuff really, really helpful and also like kind of like mystifying in, in places because people jump on these things and start to put their own spins on it. And you can kind of get a sense of like the original creators slash protectors getting all upset. To me, some of these more mindful eating practices have just allowed me as a practitioner to push people in a way that is probably a bit more liberating and more like real life, which is good without having to go too far down the path of all that stuff. Um, so that part's been good. It's also given people other like options in terms of how to navigate this, depending on, you know, the relationship with food and all that stuff. So it's presented options. What I find is interesting though, is that, you know, the more, the more things swing in one direction, the more the middle ground just seems to get wider and almost like, like disappear at times where it's like, then you got the other camps, like just, just, you know, gritting down and being all about personal responsibility and thinking you can't do that. It's like, blah, 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 like that. So it's been like, man, I just find that like the more polarizing things get at times that like the middle just seems to disappear. And to me, it's just really, really interesting. And I see like at times, like it's just become a little bit more political and it's become like, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It just seems to be when things swing for a good, for good reasons, sometimes the backlash is just even worse. So I'm personally, as a coach and practitioner, just trying to find ways to navigate those discussions and that space and stuff like that. But I just, I find it interesting. Yeah. I actually love that you brought that up because I was going to talk about intuitive eating and like, yeah, I think with anything that comes out, whether it's, if it fits your macros or intuitive eating or keto, like any of the diet protocols and, and theories, like yeah. if you take it too far, it stops being beneficial right? If it fits your macros got to a point where people were trying to, to fit as much quote unquote junk food in their diet as possible, Crap. which isn't, you know, it's not yeah. helpful. Right. Um, and I'll go on record saying pop tarts are like the most overrated carb fun food of all time. Like the macro ratios on that suck. They're not good. No. And they're not that good. I agree. When there was, I was a kid, they were good, but, um, people are fitting pop tarts. All, I'm like, this is, but anyways, with intuitive eating, it's like people take it to such an extreme of like, yeah, only listen to your body and, and what it's telling you to eat for someone who's struggled with their weight for five, 10, 20 years and, and has struggled with their eating habits and patterns. They're not in a position to listen to their body and telling them what to eat because they've been doing that arguably for 10, 20 years. What would you say to that? Right. Yeah. And in like in a pretty, in a pretty poor food environment to begin with. And that's something that we're all in depending on at differing levels around like our social circles and stuff, but there's just more, there's more convenience. There's more, all that stuff than ever, right. Hyper palatable foods. Like it's, it, it, it's everywhere. So I just, at times, yeah, you're right. That stuff, just that, 
that might not be helpful for that specific person. Now, as you know, if we have someone else that's like dieted all their life and really punished themselves and, you know, um, done things to themselves that like, you know, like just they're not taking care of it. Like that could be, it could be like some aspects of it could be really, really valid and liberating and helpful for that individual. So it's really about like, you know, getting a sense of what we're trying to accomplish here, take what is useful, maybe discard the rest and just continue to build habits that are going to work for us as individuals. And, and a lot of times that's what good coaching will do too, right? Is that like a lot of times people have a hard time deciphering what that is for themselves in an area where they're not a quote unquote expert, right? We're all expert of our own bodies, but a lot of times this, this nutrition and fitness thing is tough to figure out because we've been fed so many mixed messages from so many different people, government organizations, like media, like all this stuff. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's just a little, it's, it's, it's tough to work through at times. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, it's, and I think with intuitive eating, you have to have some base of, of knowledge of, of calories and satiety and, and protein. And I think already have some good habits in place before you can say, okay, I'm, I'm ready to kind of listen to what my body's saying. And that's where I love kind of the numbers-based approach because you can start someone there and lead them to a point of not needing to track, which I would call that intuitive eating because it's habit-based. Yeah. You've kind of built the skills. And if you needed to jump yeah. back into my fitness pal, then you could, but you don't have to rely on it after that. For sure. As a, as a practitioner, kind of where I see it as like, I think I, I'm not even, I'm not the original creators of intuitive eating. It's not supposed to be for anything that controls your body weight or anything along those lines. It's, it's kind of like, um, raw, raw against the diet industry and that kind mm. of stuff. So it's like, you know, a weight inclusive approach has not much to do with our weight. So I almost like as a practitioner, think about this is way over here a little bit closer to where we are is probably better defined as like mindful eating around some of these practices. There's some overlap between the two areas, that type of thing. But um, when we talk about satiety and eating when we're hungry and balancing our plate and stuff, like that's like a bit more closer to the middle around, you know, some stuff that is useful to help manage our body weight and get to a certain point without having to be as close to the numbers or anything like that. So that to me is like, it's like, the natural cycle of this stuff is that way. Yeah, we start a little bit closer to tracking based approach and get closer to that. Whereas through time, we want people to become more mindful eaters so that they can, you know, balance the stuff that they've already done while not being as on the way other side over here, we have, you know, like the clean eating restrictive folks that yeah. um, have tons of control, but they may or may not be controlling the things that matter. Right. So to me, it's like, it's this interesting spectrum. I really like that. I don't think I've looked at it like that before. Where, where do you find most of your clients come to you? Like where on that spectrum do you find, like when they first started, they first reach out to you, you find they're on the cleaning side, restrictive side, you find more and they're on like the intuitive extreme. Yeah. yeah. The reason, the reason why I think we can't go way to the like right to the mindful side is because what they think they need to do is still so much closer to like their awareness around this stuff is very much carbs are bad mm. i should eat more vegetables um i should eat as less as possible to lose fat so it's like much more restrictive and i think the only way to get them to this place where yes maybe they've seen a specific result and learn some skills around the way is go through the steps so where they're at where they come to me of course some people will come to me with 
an awareness of things and they want to tune up and maybe get back in shape. And they've done this kind of stuff before for sure. But I think the more, the more um, representative person is someone that has this like idea of what they need to be doing, which is quote unquote, not real, like not true. And it's funny, the people that are even, you know, like really educated people will come to you with some of these longstanding beliefs around food and that kind of stuff. They come to you at that place. And what tracking does in a lot of cases is liberates them from these ideas of what they feel like they need to be doing. Nothing's good or bad. It's just better or worse. That's been my favorite part of coaching. When like, when clients tell me like, they ask, can I have this? Can I have this? And it's always yes. Like with a caveat sometimes, but it's, it's never like you're not allowed to have that. And they're kind of like, this is amazing. Um, and one of the best compliments I got from, from a client, uh, late last year was it never felt like I was on a diet. Like, and to me, that's the epitome of how I want my coaching program to feel because yes, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Yes. You're not going to have to, you're not gonna be able to eat everything you want all the time, but you're not going to feel like you're in this mundane repetitive cycle of cutting out foods, eating the same things that you don't like, or don't want to, it doesn't feel that way. And to me, that's, that's exactly it because everyone that comes to me has been on a diet probably close to five times in their life. So the, the motto becomes like no more, no more diets almost. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Or anything that makes you feel like you've, you've failed just through a simple decision or something like that. Right. It just allows like, instead of playing checkers, you start to play, develop the skills that allow you to play chess and you can kind of just start to see things differently. hundred percent. Yeah. Which is huge, which is, I mean, it, it, the mindset behind it all and the expectations that that people have going into things usually kind of drive where they're going to go. I don't know if you find the same, but those that are very open to change in the beginning are very open-minded and wanting to learn. They typically, you know, have the best results. Those that are kind of stuck in that, like an old way of thinking, can't get away from that, like carbs are bad cycle can be really much more challenging to bring them back to that middle. Be like, look, you can do it this way. It is possible. You got to just break that old cycle of yours. Totally. Very, very important. Yeah, man. Um, it's really, really liberating. And that to me is like, you know, maybe there's some people that shouldn't do it that way, but there's a large majority that can learn a lot through that process and really change their lives as long as they're guided by, you know, the right people. You said it, brother. Now I want to, I want to quickly take a transition. Um, what, yeah. and as you've made it some, some other transition, what sure. made you, what made you go into coaching other coaches? Yeah, no, like a, that's a really, really good question. I think if we look back, um, maybe even the beginning of the conversation around John Berardi and even their beginnings with, you know, precision nutrition and that kind of stuff and a coaching certification program as an adult educator, I've always been drawn to that stuff and helping people. And I think just given my skill set with education and research and that type of stuff, I'm just, I'm better suited to coach other coaches and educate them. So I do pride myself in that kind of stuff. And I think it was just a natural next step to have a bigger impact and help more people because we've taken 220 people through our nutrition certification program now. And, you know, they've worked with people at varying levels, but we're talking five, 10, 50 clients per year. And now I'm seeing that, you know, when I used to be able to work with 50, 60 people, now it's, you know, helping 200 coaches help another 60 people. So it's like, man, like the, 
the impact has just been, has been bigger. And that to me is like, just such a cool thing to be a part of, especially as they're like, you know, providing fan financial means to their family and like helping people through stuff that actually works. It's like, man, yeah, this is, this is where I want to be. I love it, man. Positive impact in the industry. That's what we're looking for. Right. Yeah. So like that, that, like that kind of stuff is really, really important. I think the over, like one thing that I've always had an entrepreneurial bug around, like, you know, how do things work? How do I use my skills and passion to make money and like what actually happens and like what actually like is, you know, um, a legit strategy and like psychology around how people think and make consumer decisions and all that stuff. I've always been really, really interested in that. I think at times as someone that's passionate about something, it's really hard to put yourself in a situation to sell people on things that have had a deep impact on your life. So there's this interesting dynamic around that, but I've really spent the last five years trying to figure this out around like, okay, how do we do that ethically? How do we do it to make sense? What matters here? What doesn't? And coming from a place that like, you know, a lot of science-based people are just very, very terrible business people. Um, so trying to get a sense of what truly works and what doesn't and, and, you know, try to, try to figure out that stuff. So I put considerable amount of time, energy and, and investment into figuring out the business side of stuff. And I just love sharing that with others too, because it's so often overlooked. And a lot of times we just end up in educational opportunities being taught by other people that are just educators that have no skin in the game are just giving you information and not really sure how to apply it or build a business from it. 100%. Yeah. You bring up a really good point because I remember when I first got certified, they told they taught nothing on, on business sales, how to talk to people. Like they just gave you like the information, like here's anatomy, here's nutrition science, here's that. And like going onto the floor the first time, I mean, I was, yeah. I was, I guess, lucky, but unlucky that I didn't have to sell to any, any people to get clients. They did it for me, the, uh, the company, but looking back, I'm like, I wish I had those skills back then and exactly, de yeah. develop them and learn because then, you know, when I went off to do my own thing, I was kind of like, holy shit, like this is real now. Like I have to sell someone what I'm doing. It was scary. Like, and that was four, four or five years ago. Yeah, no, no kidding. It is scary. And it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, you want to go to that place because it's going to be what's best for you and your family and that kind of stuff. But then you kind of got to put your own skin into like the game in terms of terms of figuring out. Do you feel like they didn't tell you those things so that you'd always be kind of chained to them? Or do you think it's just the system more than anything? The company I worked for at the time? Yeah. Or like, if we're just talking about like, like sort of big gym in general. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough yeah, to say because I was, I'm always like, I've, I've always loved helping people. And to me, I guess maybe I always had this limiting belief about mm -hmm. sales. So like, I think when I worked there, there was a potential yeah. for me to be like groomed to move up, which moving up meant you're like a salesperson <laughs> instead of a trainer, which to me, again, there's a huge disconnect there because I didn't yeah. want to just sell people. And then there was a huge disconnect where the person making the sale mm -hmm. got the person who bought all excited, but then that wasn't the person that trained them. So then the client comes to me and then we have to build a rapport right. and then it's, it's awkward and. I couldn't tell you how many times I like had a quiet 30 minutes on the floor because the other person just didn't want to chat, <laughs> but it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's just the system. I just sure, think that's, yeah. well, that's, that's how they're, that's how those gyms operate. That's just the way it is, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, totally. I to wait. Let me ask you this question too. What does the word What does the word marketing mean to you? Like, what is that? Like, if you had to define it, what does that mean to you? That's a great question. Um, meeting your target audience where they're at in an attempt to serve them something, I think would be my best off the cuff definition. Yeah, that's a. No, that's a really good definition. That makes sense to me. I've, I've been trying to figure out, like as someone that comes from a science-based background and, you know, you, you do learn anatomy and the nutrition science and that kind of stuff, like no one tell, teaches you about maybe some of these business practices and stuff. And to me, the overlooked part of the business component is this marketing piece and is this sales piece. And to me, what I've gathered, and this is just my experience and just to like kind of add to your definition too, it's just like, it's communicating what you do and what problems you solve in a way that gives people motivation to take the next step would be the marketing piece. And the sales part is more or less identifying who those interested people are, getting them to raise their hands and taking them from curious to a position where they're now in a paid environment that helps them in the best capacity possible. Right. And it's like, that's the stuff people need to learn because you're already passionate enough about this stuff. You have a pretty good idea of what you need to do once you get that person. And it's just like, how do we actually now use our skills and passion to help those people? Um, and how do we get in front of them? Right. Cause that's usually the limiting thing yeah. to building a profitable business, to building a business where you can impact more people. Right. It's not what you know. True. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, I, I owe, I owe lots at the online trader Academy and John Goodman everything that man touches turns to gold. Um, and the more I take in from, from him and, and what I've learned from them, it's totally, it's the same thing. And now I'm grateful to be able to pass some of that stuff on that stuff down to people just starting out with online coaching. Like it's kind of, it's kind of eye opening and humbling at the same time. Cause like five years ago, I was in their shoes with no like coaching. It was just me and a textbook at the time. So it's kind of wild how the industry is just, it's, it's, it's growing right yep. in time. Totally. Totally. Have you considered uh, helping people in a similar capacity or building out a team? Is that one of the next moves for, for strong John over there? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I already have, I have a couple people I've hired this year. Um, but I think the way things are going, there's, pro cool. there's probably yeah. likely more potential hires down the road for sure. Very, very cool. See, there we go. It's like, it's, it's, it's more um, for you guys to help more people and reach more people. It's just like that business aspect we, just, we can't overlook. Yeah. Which no one tells you how difficult an entrepreneurial bug is until you're in the thick of the entrepreneurial bug. And you got to kind of explain to like your family what you're doing. Yeah. And you have to hope that your spouse is like on board. Cause if they're not, <laughs> it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough go. Totally. Yeah. No, it's really, really tough. And just being in a capacity where a lot of times now you're working for yourself and you got to be disciplined in a whole different way, especially like depending on what you're motivated by and what you want to do, man. It's like, it's a different environment for a lot of people. Yeah. hundred percent. How have you found, cause I have to transition this way cause we're both dads, but how have you found like fatherhood over the last, I think it's been three years now, right? Balancing yeah. that. Max uh, just turned three yesterday and we got a new, yeah, we got a new little one on the way. I, man, I get, I want it like personality wise, I kind of go through phases around maybe like being slightly complacent and then it, some big life change comes along the way where I got, I got no chance or no other option, but to step up my game. So 
fatherhood to me was very much like, okay, now, I mean, you're providing for a family before, but this is like a whole other, this is a whole other scenario. And now you got to, you know, do this for your family and that kind of thing and be the best example for them. So for me, man, it was just like, outside of like a lot less sleep and a different schedule and it not being all about you, which comes with all of its challenges. Um, me personally, I just, I needed to, I needed to step everything up. So I was like, okay, it's go time. Like I, there's no time to screw around here. Like you got to be the best version of yourself. So to me, that's been one of the biggest changes around that. And man, just being, being a parent is one of the coolest things just because you get excited about stuff that you never thought was exciting anymore. What's, what's the most exciting thing for you now as a, as a dad? Well, it's just seeing them, it's seeing them interact with things differently for the first time. And, you know, stuff that they just like childhood wonderment, right. Where you're just like, man, this is, this is so cool. I'm trying to think of a specific example of that, but it's just like, man, going into the dollar store and seeing him like check out all the cars and try to pick one out for like 20 minutes. It's like just the funniest thing to me. That's awesome. Yeah, actually that's, we, so we started like a chore chart and like, he gets like almost like an allowance, right? There, he hits a bunch of things on his chart. He gets a dollar for the day, but the deal is once he gets to a certain dollar value, then he can cash out. We can go shopping. Yeah. He, he can go shopping. So we took him to Toys R Us and he, he must've uh-huh. pointed at like 70 yeah. different things. Cause he had no idea what he wanted. And he, he knew he had a cap of how much money he could spend. <laughs> he was like, is this too much? Is this too much? Is this too much? And I'm just like, this was either a terrible idea or a great idea. Yeah. I'm not sure yet, <laughs> but it was interesting for sure. Totally. Do you find, uh, is he, is he a negotiator? Like, what is he like? Is he, I, my, I, with Max, like we cannot pay him up front because he will, he'll take it for all it's worth. It's, it's really interesting to see their little minds develop around how to navigate stuff. It's funny. He, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think he's, he's understood the value of, of the dollar. He's just like, wow, 50. And I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't like yeah. know much else. He's just like, he just wants to know what toys he can get or not get with that money. But as I think, as we keep doing this, he'll understand, like, maybe if I save a little bit, and get something bigger next time we'll see how that goes over this year very very smart very very smart yeah i know just like as we were leaving the dollar store the other day he had one car picked out and i was like okay buddy like we gotta go he's like dad are you sure you don't want a car (laughs) like no i'm gonna pass like i got we got enough cars at home that's fine it's like we better pick up (laughs) we better pick up something for your mom though and he kind of looked over at me and was like do you think she wants a car? And I was like, no, no, she does not want a car. And I know exactly why you're asking this, Max. That's awesome. That's funny. Yeah, kids, when they say stuff like that, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Totally, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a life-changing thing, man. And uh, it's really, really good. And then we got another one on the way. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out and unfolds and all that exciting stuff. So I'm really, really pumped. I am excited and nervous for you at the same time because the second one changes the dynamic for sure. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I've, I've, everyone that's been in your position that I've talked to is like, some people are going to tell you that this gets easier and that could be, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, it gets, 
it gets so much harder. I'm like, thank you for the honesty. I do appreciate that. Um, Cause some people are just like, yeah, no, you just make more things and this and that. It's like, come on, man. It's not, come yeah. on. <laughs> it's not that simple. Just like nutrition yeah. coaching. <laughs> uh, I mean, it can, it can get easier for short bits. And in, in the second child, you'll find that you're must, I mean, you're much less, I don't know how you guys were as parents, but you're much less kind of like worried about every little thing because you've been there already. You're like, yeah, it'll be fine. That particular sort of, yeah that sort of stuff you'll, you'll be much more lenient which could come back to bite you in the ass but only time will tell and we're we're living that at the moment exactly exactly yeah man no i'm pumped about it i'm pumped about it that's awesome man let's uh before we go let's uh can we leave the audience with one mark morse golden nugget anything oh man that's so so, so important. I think actually not talking so much about nutrition coaching or anything. I think one of my just like philosophies around life is just to, and I think it's more important now than ever is just do your best to leave, leave people in a better place than you found them. And that could be, you know, helping them through your skills or just being kind. And I think if there's anything we need to do right now on a global scale, it's that. So um, that's something I try to do every day um, in terms of my interactions and the people I work with. So if I could pass anything along, so that's what we got to keep doing. Amazing, man. Thank you for sharing that. Now is the shameless plug promotion time of the podcast. So anywhere people can find you, I'll put it in the show notes as well, but just let them know. Yeah, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram. So that would be my Instagram handle is M-E-R-C-W-Morris. Um, and in terms of shameless plugs, if you're passionate about nutrition and looking to turn your passion into a business as a nutrition coach, we do have a new program starting in April. So check out my stuff, you know, look at the content. If it, if it speaks to you, please reach out and we can chat about, uh, maybe next steps and, and how I can help, um, you along this journey. I love it, man. Mark, thanks again so much for taking the time, man. Best of luck to you and your wife uh, with the new baby and all that stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on, man. Awesome, man. Take care. Yeah, you bet.